Reflections with Canon Philip Gray. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to uh, my Daily Reflection podcast. I'm delighted today to be welcoming uh, the very Reverend Nicholas Sullivan, who is the Dean of Subtleminster, which I think I have it correct, is the Cathedral for the Diocese of Sutherland, Nottingham. Do I have that right, Nicholas? Absolutely correct. Well done. Thank you, <laughs> Philip. Yes, so we're, 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 we're not exactly far south of you, but we, we're in the York province with you. But uh, yes, Excellent. we serve the city of Nottingham and the county of Nottinghamshire. And Nicholas, a few parishes in South Yorkshire. Sorry, mustn't forget yeah, those. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder if we actually, do the diocese actually border on one another, Leeds and Sutherland? Uh, yeah, I think we're more Sheffield, actually. This is where yes, my geography okay. gets a bit hazy, but I, I think, we, yeah. Yeah, we have got bits of South Yorkshire in this Leeds Diocese, I think. Yeah. Places yeah. like Barnsley. Ah, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah. Seems a long long way north to me. Yeah, <laughs> all right, OK. <laughs> well, Nicola, tell, just, just say a little bit about how we know one another. Yeah, thank you, because it's a, it's a wonderful connection. Uh, well, yeah. we were we were bishops chaplains uh, at the same time. So, uh, for me, that was from uh, the year two thousand and two through to two thousand and seven. Um, I served the Bishop of Bath and Wells uh, as uh, his chaplain, and Philip, you were up in Blackburn. I was in exactly the same years as well, Nicola. I've not realised. Oh, is that right? So we yeah. used to yeah. we used to. Um, um, well, it was an extraordinary group of people, bishop chaplains, and and probably I don't want to say too much publicly about <laughs> about all the. Um, well, it's a very supportive network, actually, and yeah. um, important ministry, and a wonderful privilege to serve yeah. a bishop as as his chaplain. Um, but then there are two other links, Philip. So you might yes. have forgotten one of them, but you'll know the second one I'm going to mention. Um, Years and years and years ago, I think you must have been a curate in Scarborough, but you were certainly in ministry in Scarborough at, at one time. I was. A, you've got absolutely right. Yeah. I was a curate in Scarborough, oh, yeah. 93 to 97. Oh, is that right? And some friends of mine, who an old school friend and a husband who, who live in London, um, but uh, the, 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 the dad died uh, and you took the funeral. And um, these dear friends are not churchgoers at all. But I can remember them saying to me, oh, Father Philip, he's just done everything uh, to make this funeral as good as it could be. And they found your ministry hugely comforting. And um, so that's one connection. So I, I kind of clocked you, as it were, at that stage <laughs> before <laughs> right. we met. But then yeah. later, of course, and the other lovely and stronger connection is that we've had the joy of um, Anthony, your son, as the organ scholar at the Minster um, over the last year. He, he finished with yeah. last summer. So that's a strong connection. And, and he had a super year with you, and it, and it was a delight for us to uh, to visit the Minster and, and, and be, be part of you just briefly. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, I, was at, I was at university in Nottingham. Oh, were um, you? Yeah. With, with Sue. So I'd only ever been once before to the Minster when... Uh, uh, an undergraduate we were studying with, she she was had been brought up, I think, a Hindu. Yeah. And she was confirmed uh, uh, during our time in Nottingham. So we went to Sutherlandminster for the confirmation. Oh, yes. All those years ago. Yeah. So yeah, and, and remembered it very very fondly. Ah, uh, uh, 
it's a building people love actually and remember um I think there are all sorts of reasons yeah. for that but uh, it, of course a, a lot of people never heard of us and not helped by the fact that is it southwell or is it Southall? there's uh, always a mm. bit of a discussion about that we are a bit tucked away um, 12 yes. miles from the city of nottingham um but once people discover us they they remember and there's often great affection for their memory of visiting here or worshipping uh, in, in the minster uh, and as the parishioners here will know Nicola with a smile, that they'll know that their vicar has been to Subtle for other reasons. Ah, because uh, uh, I'm a big racing fan. Oh, uh, <laughs> so, well, I, so I, uh, I know I keep that one relatively quiet. Though, though obviously, I'm not saying it publicly on a podcast. But yes, so <laughs> I, ha I have been to Subtle Racecourse once or twice over the years. So, uh, and, and that's probably the that's probably another thing that's sort of tucked away in 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 your. Yes small place really yeah. is this um all it was one of the first all weather um english racing tracks yeah i knew that that's right and then a year or so ago they put in um lighting i think it's probably quite controversial but but of course so that they now can have evening uh, oh, right, and all the rest of it um i guess yeah. they obviously are closed at the moment but but uh, i know it brings a lot of people into the town and uh, yeah. uh, and is um of, of national notoriety as a course it is, yeah. I, I don't know whether it was the first, but it was certainly one of the first to be turned into an all-weather track. Uh -huh. uh, so, and of course, therefore, it comes into its own in the winter time when, you know, racing normally can't take place because of you know extreme weather. Yeah. Um, it, it, so, yeah, pe people are people in the racing world are very very aware of it because of that. Uh -huh. yeah. Yes. Oh. How is how is the present crisis affecting? you know, you both as Dean of the Cathedral and the life of the Cathedral itself? Mm. Well, I think uh, we, we, we've probably come through that initial, I can only describe it as shock, uh, really. It, it's like shock yeah. one experiences with, with, with a sudden uh, bereavement. And although we'd been watching the signs and, and clearly knew that there was going to be some kind of restriction placed on on churches for public worship i think when it came philip to be truthful uh, it, it stunned us we, we had a week from the 16th of march when you will know that public worship was suspended um but for that time we were open for visitors to come in and to pray and we rearranged the minster in such a way we took chairs out and just had um, sort of socially distanced chairs in an empty nave yeah. and prayer stations and all of that and um, uh, with my uh, colleagues here we were able to continue going in to say morning and evening prayer because the choir um, were not able to continue at that point um, and, and a daily Eucharist and then that uh, finished very very starkly on the afternoon of the 23rd of March so just ahead of the Prime Minister's announcement and I think for those few days we just couldn't quite believe that this happened especially as we were coming into Passion Tide and and preparing for Holy Week and Easter and just wondering um how how church was going to be as it were uh, as we enter this most important season of our year yeah. I think we've come through that and, you know, we, we are, um, we're not adjusting fully, but, but we are recognising that there are some extraordinary things happening and we are able to offer some kind of ministry and worship 
uh, through the limitations, but nevertheless, they are. Um, it is possible for online worship and connection with people that way. Uh, is your um, are your congregations predominantly sort of gathered? Do they come from, you know, the wider county, as it were, rather than? just the immediate locality we're, we're mixed uh, really um yeah. i mean we, we serve a, a town and, and and you know the town it's a small market town yeah. eight, eight thousand uh, people uh, we are a parish church as well and i think we yeah. reflect at, at, at times in our, our, our certainly in our sunday worship we some aspects of it reflect perhaps what one would have in a parish church with a road choir and so forth but at other times we are sort of fully in cathedral mode and would reflect a more gathered uh, congregation who come for a particular reason because they appreciate cathedral worship. So we are both and. Um, yes. uh, but, but I think in this crisis, one of the things that is very important to me as Dean is that we do hold on to that sense of serving our local community with other churches in the town uh, and that our pastoral work is absolutely um, central to where our focus is at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, obviously as a cathedral you must be having to make some massive adjustments particularly the way in which you relate to your employees i mean the financial aspects of this uh, must be even more acute for uh, you know a large cathedral like yourselves you know large in terms of a building yeah. Compared to the, the expectation led to us on a parish, can you say a bit about that? Yes, well, we um, we rely heavily on uh, visitors. Uh, we we have a last year we had we had just over fifty five thousand visitors. Many of them are generous, give us donations. Obviously, all of that has stopped. Um, we also rely on holding events. So this time of year, we'd be having wonderful concerts uh, and. Uh, various other gatherings and of course they they do bring income uh, to us as well as people into the building all of that has stopped and many jobs uh, related to those activities have also stopped so like many other organizations um, we have had to furlough staff about 90% of our staff are on furlough at the moment we've just maintained a core administrative uh, staff and uh, our director of music and uh, our head verger for security and that kind of thing um, uh, and I guess I it's kind of not quite keeping me awake at night but there are moments when I think how are we going to come through this financially uh, and, of and of course what we, we don't know at the moment and nobody does is how will we emerge you know what 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 will we be looking like in the second half of the year uh, and and what kind of activities and and services will we be able to put on uh, so yes it's affected many many people it's 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 far reaching in its impact yeah i was um, i did a podcast it's funny you mentioned scarborough because my training incumbent there was chris armstrong um, who presumably you did tie over with a little bit when he was at Blackburn, did you, as the dean? Um, no, I don't. Well, we haven't overlapped. At, no, so so Blackburn has had okay. a new dean in my time. Yeah. Yes. So I've been dean for three and a half years. So yes, no, I I don't know uh, Chris at all. Yeah, but I did a because Chris was my training mm -hmm. from, but we we did a we, we did a podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying just from his connections, you know, in, as a former dean. 
that that these these financial questions are, are clearly going to be acute ones for probably uh, nearly all of our cathedrals, but particularly those that um, maybe don't have the historic resources that others do that others do have. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. and your rely as you say your reliance on 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 you know the constant stream of visitors. Yes, and I think most of us are smaller cathedrals, and of course we are a smaller one. That's not just about size of the building, but but you know the size of our diocese yes. and um, and so yeah. forth. Um, you know, we we sail pretty close to the wind with our finances most years, and it doesn't take much yeah. to topple it. Having said that, yeah. I'm I'm also aware that the larger cathedrals. Um, you know, the Salisbury's and Winchester's and St. Paul's and so forth, they rely so much more on, on uh, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of visitors a year, and that will have been stopped. So I think there's, there's going to be uh, implications really right the way across the board. And for um, larger churches, often called the greater churches, places, I mean, I used to be at Bath Abbey, a place I'm very fond of, and they will be facing a similar uh, challenge as we go yeah. through this. Is there... Um... Is there much social need in Surrey? Um, I mean, my impression is, Nicola, that it's it's more like Ilkley than Central Bradford. Yeah. And, and therefore the, the social needs that you'll be trying to address maybe are likely to be more similar to the ones that we are here than than necessarily, you know, great, if you might call it, material needs of, you know, food banks, etc. Is that, is that uh, right? Yes, I think that's that's largely right. We, um, uh, on first appearances, we, we are a prosperous uh, market town. Um, uh, people aspire to live here. There are some huge houses and posh cars in driveways and all the rest of it. However, yeah. I guess what I'd want to say on that, several things, and you will be experiencing this as well, there's often kind of hidden deprivation. Um, there's a lot yes. of loneliness. Uh, people, yes. um, you know, who, who are so dependent on coming out to different events and socialising. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also, and as I do my daily walk, and, and uh, it's really a prayer walk now each evening as part of my um, statutory mandatory exercise that we're encouraged to do, and I'm praying as I'm going round, and I'm thinking well, whose jobs have gone, where are more, you know, these massive mortgages which can no longer be paid? So there's, there is, will be this kind of deprivation. And we're also... And I think, yeah, that, yeah that, that very much is very similar to, yes, to, thank you. To where yeah, you are. And, and also, I mean, we, we um, are aware, of, Newark is five miles up the road, we support the food bank there. It's very important, of course, we all carry on giving support um, and and the other thing that I think is emerging, although I think we haven't begun to take the lid off it, but I'm just aware that many people will be living in households within relationships that are pretty strained, difficult, you know, young children who can't understand what's going on at the moment. And uh, in the fourth week, as we are at the moment, uh, I think it's, it's been spoken of, of course, in the media, but this reality of the mental health, emotional health and well-being of so many people is, is pretty raw and, and, and despite our attractive physical surroundings um, that we, we have in the town, uh, I think behind many front doors there'll be quite a lot of anguish. I think that's absolutely right and I think you summarise it 
uh, superbly. Uh, and one of the features of, of Ilkley, which may well be similar to Sorrel, is that people can be what you would call asset rich, but cash poor. Yeah. You know, they've had to put all their resources, particularly, as you say, into a mortgage to enable them to live mm -hmm. in a place such as this. And, of course, any significant disruption of a cash flow um, could have tragic consequences in the medium term. I mean, I think this thing of, uh, they've, they've, I think they're allowing a sort of three-month furlough on mortgage payments. Mm. For, yes, for, and, and other loans and council tax and that kind of thing. I think there's some, yeah. some, some allowance for that. But of course, it, it just sometimes yeah. it just stacks it up for later on, doesn't it? But yeah. That's right, yeah. And, and, and to the, even, I mean, as, as we sometimes joke, even in Ilkley, actually, there are some, uh, there are some pockets of material deprivation. There is actually a food bank here that operates and serves the needs of people. And, and, and engaging with schools, you soon discover also the sorts of issues that you're talking about, where children are would appear to be in you know happy, stable mm. homes, looking outward in, but the reality is not always you know as it appears you know in front of the net curtain. It's very different mm. behind. Mm. So yeah. Tell me a bit, I, mean, I love the idea of you taking your walk and saying mm. your prayers. Mm. Say a mm. bit more about that. Um, uh, well, uh, yes, and I'll sort of say it perhaps in the context also of, you know, how do we maintain our, our prayer life at the moment? And I'm, I'm very fortunate yes. in that I have my, uh, we're one cannon down, actually. We've got a, got a vacancy, but uh, my cannon presenter, uh, Richard, uh, is here. And we've set up, uh, um, now you're going to be so impressed that I know the jargon, Microsoft Teams, so we can pray regularly. And there are six of us doing that at the moment. So we're, we're maintaining the discipline of morning and evening prayer. Uh, uh, I'm so appreciating okay. that. But there's obviously uh, one's own devotional and spiritual life. And I suppose one of the things as I pray and, and, and go around and, and just take in, and we've been blessed, of course, with lovely spring weather um, these last few weeks, which yeah. has helped. But um, that prayer really for vision, as to, to, where, where, how is God speaking into this context? What will it mean for us yes. to be church, for us to be cathedral yeah. in the coming uh, weeks and months? And um, I think I'm praying just, just that, that we begin to kind of notice what's what's happening around us and i have to say some of that's quite liberating because you know as dean i don't um i don't always get out and walk around the patch um but i some fantastic you know people have spotted me i take the uh, we've got a little um a dog that, that, that i walk each evening and sometimes i have my collar on sometimes i don't um but people tend to know me and i'm just having those lovely um, spontaneous conversations that you can have with complete strangers in this strange time period where all our yeah. British reserve seems to have fallen away and we wouldn't like <laughs> um, you know just a little bit of, of, of engagement with, with people um, but I, I focus yeah. also my praise on the local businesses we have uh, a lot of um, independent shops in the town and I know they will be yeah, you know thinking are they be back in business, yeah. Just a few weeks before, probably a month before, we 
had a wonderful evening where we invited uh, shop owners and, and managers of shops in the town to come into our lovely Archbishop's Palace. We had a sort of special evening. We had a guest speaker who um, it, it was talking about how the high street can move forward and uh, with all the threat of online and all the rest of it. And we put on drinks and canapes and had discussion. And I thought for the first time, you know, we're certainly my time as Dean, we're, we're making a significant relationship with local uh, uh, shopkeepers and, and, and wanting to know that we want to support them because we want our visitors to enjoy a flourishing um, retail experience when they come and, and we want people in the shops to know about the Minster and what we're doing. And it just seems rather rather unkind in a way that just within a month uh, they've all got their notices saying closed till further notice. And, and But now we've got some relationships there so we can, you know, pray more intelligently, as it were, into their, into their contexts. Yeah. And the, I guess there might be something really vital for you to build on when finally we're, we're liberated yes. from this. Uh, because they'll, those, those, you know, if they are on an AFH, any, I mean, it's, and it's not just a financial issue, it's goes deeper than that, isn't it? About confidence and and community, and for, for the for you and for the minister to be able to be part of that rebuilding of confidence yes, that, could really be quite. I important. think that's right, and um, I think one of the things we are going to appreciate more when we, I mean, I don't use the when we get back to normal phrase because I'm not sure what normal is going to look like. But, but yeah. I, I have heard several yeah. people say uh, how they will so much value their work. This has been one of the painful things about putting people on furlough. I mean, people have been understanding, of, of course, but actually, what does it mean when you yeah. take somebody's role away? Um, you know, there's this close relationship isn't there between our what we feel we do with our time that is worthwhile and serves other people and we bring our skills to it and and that's gone for our local businesses at the moment and how will that confidence be re recovered as they come back in, in, in into offering what, whatever they can offer within their within their work what do you think the um uh, this is a tough question, so if it's too tough, just say Nicola. But you know, you 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 know, I use the phrase when we get back to normal, I and mean, I think you're quite right. It'll be a very different and and new if it's normal mm -hmm. at all. Do, do do you see anything of how that will be different for you, particularly as a cathedral and a Christian community? I think. It is a big question. I think um, we, I mean, several people have said to me, well, two, two things, really. Um, how are we going to celebrate coming back together? And that, I think, is a question I'm kind of holding. Yes, how are we? When, when do we do that? Yeah. Celebrate just enjoying being yeah. together again in, in worship and the community. The other is, when will we be the right time to, to come together to, to grieve, to pray for those who are uh, um, suffering bereavement and loss of loved ones? Yeah all the distortion of this time so the the kind of lament and the celebration i think that's what cathedrals uh, should be good at being able to offer how do we bring that together what are we going to look like well i i think we are going to appreciate um 
uh, of course, relationships and family and friends. I guess at best, we will have all been through a process of reprioritizing. Um, uh, we may aspire, I don't know how successful we'll be in achieving this, but we will aspire, I think, to realizing that perhaps some of the things we spent our time doing, and I include myself in this, um, maybe haven't always been driven a bit by you know, need or urgency or other people's expectations? How do we recover that perhaps sense of balance in, in life between work and, and family and, 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 and creativity and silence and activity and all of those things? Um, I think also, uh, and, and this is not at all an original thing to say, but um, I, I don't know about you, but we're, we're going out onto, I have to say, a fairly uh, quiet church street on a Thursday night at um, eight o'clock and banging our saucepans and calendars and a few more people are coming out each week. So there's something here about how we're valuing the work that people do often rather unnoticed and yes NHS and I used to work for the NHS so absolutely nurses and medics and all of that but also you know chap is being this morning to put posts through the letterbox uh, the online delivery guy um, all of those things and care workers and, and people at the, at the at the front of and doing jobs that are not very well paid and sometimes undervalued so I hope we'll be embracing one another in this interdependence that we're all uh, feeling at the moment. Yeah. Yes, I think that that could could be really significant. Um, that 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 codependence and interdependence, and and um, there's something here, but in many ways, Ilkley is yeah. quite homogenous, uh, and and people come in to do certain roles. Um, so, for example, you know, you mentioned uh, nursing and care homes uh, and, and some of the people I do see walking into Ilkley or driving into Ilkley are the people who come in to do yeah. those roles. Uh, there are very few people, I think, who are indigenous to the town, partly because of what you said. I don't think, you know, if you were working as a care in a work home, you, you, in a nursing home, you would really be able to live here because you wouldn't be able mm. to afford to. Um, uh, but yeah, there's a fundamental question about how do we honour and respect what we're asking others to do, which maybe we're not doing for ourselves, mm. if you put it in mm. that language. So, I, I think I think that's something really, really significant mm. and important, uh, which is a particular dynamic, I think, of a community like ours. And clearly, there are some similarities with, you know, with yours. So yeah, thank you for that. Um, I. Is there anything else you want to say, Nicola? Uh, I, I think you've covered it so well. Um, I, I, you, well, I remember, yeah. um, I don't know whether you follow things on social media. I do a bit. I'm, I'm not terribly good at it, to be honest. But I remember quite early on in all of this, um, somebody either tweeted or said, through one of these mediums when we come through this uh, we the church we, we won't be remembered for our um fantastically professional slick live streaming uh, of, of worship um what we will be remembered for if we can step into it is 
very simply, our love of neighbour and, and our love of, I mean, now there are lots of people are doing fantastic, dedicated work who, who don't have a Christian faith and it's not motivated by, by, by their faith. But, but I think this is something of the distinctiveness of we, the church, you know, what, how relevant are we going to be um, uh, coming through this? Um, I love our church building. Of course, I wouldn't be a dean if I didn't care about the building. Um, but I know in the end, it's not what's going to hold us together as a worshipping community. But that quality of, of, of love and care, the telephone call, the, the, the remembering to look out. Um, I think the most heartbreaking thing I've had to do in the last few days even was, you know, to get a call to one of our parishioners dying at home and not being allowed to visit um but uh i don't know whether this was against the rules or not but i stood in the back garden with an open window to the bedroom and i prayed and i um commended him to god uh, and uh encouraged his uh, now widow because he died earlier this morning to get some olive oil from the kitchen and i would say the prayer as she anointed his forehead and it's taking us back to a huge simplicity it's taking us back to perhaps those early centuries of the church where we have to learn new ways uh to show christ's love and to proclaim our easter faith and perhaps in all of this in the pain and and, and the heartbreaking stories that that want to engage with hearing and uh, we will hear more of them um we have to hold on that, that god wonderfully somehow is is in all that we're endeavoring to offer and to be to one another i think that's my, my final thought really it's a very moving story that image that you've given us yeah um and 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 <clears throat> i i've been talking on other podcasts, Nicola, about the experience of funeral ministry in this time, and uh, it's been complex because partly the goalposts keep moving in in terms of what you're allowed and not allowed to do. But but the funerals that I have been involved, not none of them in COVID, but but um, they've been so qualitatively yes. different in what yes. we've been allowed to do that there's there's been something deeply yes. powerful about them. Um, yes. uh, almost the experience of having to do this differently in a strange way has, has reawakened the beauty of mm. what we're actually doing uh, and particularly the relationships mm. that lie at the heart of it, which mm. is you know, mm. to about, yeah. so, Thank you. Would you like I'd to I'd love to. Now, Philip, what I've done, I hope this is um, uh, in the spirit of it. Uh, um, I found a prayer. Uh, when I was... Um, uh, my previous um, role, I was canon of Wales Cathedral, and, and one of my colleagues, Patrick Woodhouse, was the canon presenter, who wrote some beautiful prayers. I'd like to, if I may, um, pray right. the prayer that um, is about Thomas. Uh, he crops up in our gospel readings um, in Eastertide, and uh, and it's a lovely prayer. Yeah, we, we've got him on Sunday, him on exactly. Sunday. So, anticipation. Um, yeah, may I pray yeah. Patrick Woodhouse's prayer about Thomas? Uh, uh, because I I'd hope this is a great too. help to people. So, and I wish I could claim I've written this prayer, but it's wonderful Patrick Woodhouse's prayer. So uh, let me pray it for us. We Thank bless you, you, O God, for Thomas, who mirrors our doubts, echoes our questions, and reflects our fear that our minds are deluded as we cling to faith in a world that has forgotten you. 
And then Christ comes to him and says, touch, see, believe. And blessed are those who do not see and yet believe. O Christ, as thou promised blessed, we offer you the incredulity of our minds, the bewilderment of our hearts, and ask that you would come to us too in the barren depths of our souls where the doors are so often locked. Come to us, we pray, and fill us too with your confidence and wonder and adoration that we may also, like Thomas, exclaim your bursting life from within us, my Lord and my God. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's edition of the Daily Reflection Podcast. If you would like to listen to more episodes, they will be available on your usual podcast platform. Alternatively, all the podcasts and live streams, uh, services and reflections can be found on the St. Margaret's Ilkley website, stmargaretsilkley.org.